Welcome back, Sad Longhorn fans. I'm Kevin Mathis, and this is Football on the 40. Today, we're going to review what's to come. Before that, we're going to have a disgusting recap of the Texas OU game. We'll have a little bit of analysis on Oklahoma State, our favorite topic, Andy's moment in Longhorn history. And although Bowen is absent, we will still have our betting corner led by Jake Robinson. Additionally, we have a guest here today filling in for Bowen. Blake, welcome to Football on the 40. How does it feel to be the first ever full show guest? Yeah, you know, really appreciate y'all having me on. Um, you know, I've been a friend of all these guys and I've been an avid listener so far. But, you know, really I had to come on and uh, just set straight some of the outlandish takes that are on here because um, you guys are just way out of line. Oh, <laughs> keep us honest. Whoa. <laughs> For those listening, truly, Blake, was, Blake was Blake uh, was uh you know with us through all the highs and lows of the weekend, including dinner on Friday and the fair on Saturday. So uh, we all experienced the the happiness and de- dejection that came on Saturday, and uh, Blake is acutely aware of what went on, and and has plenty of relevant sports knowledge and and stupid takes too to to contribute to this episode. So happy to have you, Blake. You know, th- thanks again, the guys. I really appreciate being on. Um, so I have the honor of starting off the podcast. Um, first off with a recap of the previous game, which, as we all know, was Texas OU, you know, Christmas in October for all of us. Um, but first off, something fun. Um, what was the favorite thing that you ate at the fair this week? Jake? Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I had two Fletcher's corny dogs. Um, put mustard on one, ketchup on the other, um, you know, and wash that down with two Miller lights because they ran out of course. Um, but I, I was satisfied for the time, to be honest. I noticed that they ran out of a lot of things at the fair. People have been blaming, you know, supply chains with COVID, but they ran out of like water in the stadium and like basic essential items at various vendors at the state fair. I don't know if they were like fully ready for all the Texas and OU fans to show up in mass and eat as much as we did. Yeah. I was so thirsty at halftime that I literally went through all the upper deck to try to find water and there was no water available at all. So I had to pay a nice $11 fee for a Bud Light that I was in looking for at the moment. So what is, times. What is it? 96% water. Yeah, I got hydrated, you know. I think the best thing that I had at the fair was a uh, other than the Fletcher's corn dog, obviously, and tons of mustard on that. I had a Wagyu um, sausage on a stick that was amazing. I'm a big fan of Wagyu beef, so saw that and, you know, was surprised that it wasn't more expensive than the other sausages, so I'm left wondering if it was, in fact, Wagyu or if no it was like... Or if it was like, you know, some part of the Wagyu cow that I would never have eaten otherwise, but that was excellent. And I did eat it after the, after the L and it, it kind of started to turn my afternoon back to the positive, which, uh, as you guys all know, sometimes can take hours and hours and hours, but the Wagyu, Wagyu sausage on the sick was, was good. How much time did Laurel give you to, uh, to feel better after the game? She she actually didn't mention it all be, because she was arguably more angry than I was. Um, unfortunately, I was sitting next to her the whole game, and she was 
unable to enjoy all of the second half because she just knew what was coming. It was like <laughs> she was having premonitions and it was so painful for her to watch the second half. She actually like went and stat, like stood behind the stadium so that she couldn't see those last five minutes of the game. And she was more angry than I was. So I didn't get a shot clock and we kind of just both worked through it together for the next couple hours. Is Laurel more pessimistic than you? Is that even possible? I don't. I'm pessimistic 24-7. She just hates to see that when she knows that it's coming. And she predicted it, had her premonitions, and was just angry. So angry. I, I don't know how to answer that. She's pessimistic in a different way. Anyways, back to the, the, the positive things that we ate to find the silver lining before we get into what happened on the field. Andrew, what was the best thing that you had? Uh, so I had an eventful Saturday outside of the game. Um, long story short, I got to the game or I got to the fair a little early, um, but I had to leave the game after the end of the third quarter. Uh, so I guess I missed the worst part of the game in person. Um, so I only had time to eat something before the game and, uh, just went with a classic sausage on the stick. Nothing special about it. Just regular old sausage. Pretty good. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, but I did have some stomach issues at the airport. So yeah, I don't know if it was worth it, but it was good. It was tasty at the time. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I can't say I had the same experience as Andy, but, um, you know, I did get to the fair like a novice at like 930. The Fletcher's line was out, you know, beyond big techs. So I had to go with the off-brand corny dog and it just, it, it wasn't the same, but I'm going to be honest, it was similar. So, you know, I'll take what I can get at that point. Dude, Blake, we found a trick. You, you don't go near big techs. You go around the corner and the line's like half as long. Is that right? Oh my gosh, that's some insight for this podcast list. These podcast like listeners. <laughs> you know, one time, um, me and Emily were at the fair after the game, and we bribed um, a couple of people at the front of the line with some tickets to buy us some corny dogs. So that, that's a good way to go too. It's capitalism. Offer like <laughs> offer like three extra tickets. So um, we're gonna move into uh, what's typically our overreaction observations, but this week we're just gonna call it therapy session. And uh, we're just going to, you know, talk about the game, talk about, you know, what, whatever comes to mind, whatever your heart is feeling on this sad, sad day. You know, I, I can start us off here and I haven't prepared much for this segment because I really want it to be off the cuff and, and genuine. Um, first off, I wanted to get back at some of the premonitions that my wife had and kind of look back on Saturday morning and remember those things where the Lord was already telling me what was going to happen and, and trying to, you know, trying to let me down easy before the game started. So we leave Hamilton's house and he has what we thought was a blow up hook him. The, uh, you know, the longhorn mascot in the front yard proudly with his, with his horns in the air and hook him had had a rough night and was bent over at the waist with his face down in the mud and his horns, arguably horns down. And this was, what do you think, Jake? 9.30, 9 a.m.? Yeah. At the time, we walk by Hook'em and say, you know, the guy needs a boost. He needs a little air. He needs a little air. 
and we tried to tried to get him standing up straight and I don't think we I don't think we could and we actually left Hookham face down in the mud in the front yard and thought nothing of it at the time so that's on us and and I kind of wonder if if that was the first omen that that we saw that should have let us know we should have known at that moment not to go to the fair not to be excited about the 21 point lead not to be excited or enjoy anything the other omen I think after Mary Page's uh, fashion segment last week is I did not like Sark's outfit in coordination with L'Oreal pregame. I thought it looked like a 70s bowling uniform and <laughs> I'm going to try not to curse, but it did not look good. And they seemed to be you know, happy with what they were wearing and, and what they looked like and I think L'Oreal looked okay, but Sark just looked Sark looked horrible. Um, and we should have known then, too, on Twitter when we saw pictures of what they were wearing walking around on the field before the game started. We should have known. So that's a little bit therapeutic for me to kind of look back and find these things that that we experienced in the morning before the game that that we could have picked up on. So it wasn't just disappointment during the game. Those two things in the morning were were not great. Yeah, you know, bad, bad omens all around. Um, and, you know, just to add to that, Kevin, um, you know, I really am just disappointed in the way our defense played. You know, first off, I, I want to say, like, you know, we were all at the game. I thought that that game atmosphere is one of the best I've ever experienced. Um, you know, I think, you know, from a biased fan perspective, it's the best experience in college football. It's the best rivalry just because, you know, fans are split down the middle. And there's such a crowd advantage when one team's on one side of the field versus the other. Um, you know, going on with that, I'm really bummed uh, for Casey and this offense that we couldn't get the win for them, especially with the way Casey played. You know, we, we talked about going into this that Casey was going to have to hit the deep ball in order to win the game because that's where OU was weak. And he did that. He executed. Um, but the O-line let him down. The defense let him down. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the blame is, is, is mostly on those two, two groups for sure. Um, but I also want to, you know, bring up the refs and particularly spectacles refs. Um, every time I see him, I get PTSD and I cannot count how many times I saw a hold on the field, um, especially on two key plays in the game. One being the last play of the game where I saw at least three holds. Um, and one being on that long touchdown pass to, I believe it was Mims where he's his shoelace was like barely in. Um, so, you know, I hate placing any blame on the refs. Um, that being said, there were some big moments where they had a significant impact, but we should, you know, that being said, you got to win the game when you're up 28, seven. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just such a bummer, you know, it's such a debilitating loss, but at the same time, I think there are a lot of positives to take away from it. And, you know, I'm really excited to see how this team bounces back against Oklahoma State this week. I'm with you. I'll kind of echo what you said about being sad and disappointed with Casey not being able to come out with the win. If you looked at his stat line after the game, you know, Casey did not lose us that game. Of course, we had a really rough third quarter and almost no production then in, in most of the second half. But these guys were playing their butts off. And... They have some incredible highlights to look back on. We kind of joked about it. Like they have plenty of content to post on their Instagrams with inspiring Drake, Drake lyrics and, you know, quotes from their high school coaches. And, and they do, and we will see that this week, which will hurt. But 
these guys played so hard, had so much at stake, and just lost in such a devastating fashion. And I saw the same thing you did on the on the long pass play with a missed holding call on an interior defensive lineman that you know hurt to see, but maybe my angle from you know the stadium almost almost the worst seat in the stadium was better than spectacles. I doubt it. That's probably what he would say, but. It yeah, just hurts. Ref, he needs to get shot up into space. Like, I'm sick of seeing him, honestly. There needs to be some sort of accountability there, like from the Big 12. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Was, it, was he part of the 2015 Oklahoma State game crew? Oh, that's a great question. I, I need to look at it. Man. Yeah. That was the worst. What a, what a day. What a game. Um, I'm, I'm with Blake. That was probably the coolest just environment for a Texas OU game. Um, I think everyone was ready to go, uh, not having last year. And so it was all great. Alas, Texas gives it away as usual. Um, if there are any new Longhorn fans out there, this is what being a Texas fan feels like. Um, just like that movie Groundhog Day, you know, you, uh, you just get your hopes up and then, uh, you get the pain over again, over and over again. Um, it's probably not the last time we'll feel it this year either. So, yeah, I'll just leave it at that for my therapy. That's the only only negative uh, segment I will have this whole show. Man, Jake, Jake being negative and me being negative are uh, it hurts. usually not a common occurrence, but you know, that's my role, guys. That's my role. That's negative. My Negative Andy is stepping into the pod right now. So let's go. Um, Welcome. Thank you. It's a, hopefully I'm never back. Um, But yeah. Yeah, this game, I just, man, it is. I don't know. You just, I think we would all be lying to ourselves if we didn't think we were going to win at some point during that game. Um, and I, we all know, I mean, even just three years ago, Oklahoma came back um, from 21 down to tie it. Texas ended up winning that game. But we all knew, we all know Oklahoma, and we all know what they've done historically. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we had that in the back of our minds. But at the same time, I genuinely thought we were going to win. So I think that's just – those type of losses make things so much harder. Um, and the this game or the 2001 game has to be one of the hardest to take, um, to take in. Um, funny thing is that they're both uh, 20 years apart, but both of those games um, or each of those games look very differently than, than the other. Um, but overall there were games where Texas should have won and they didn't. And I just, it's, it's just really a hard pill to swallow. Um, and we had so much momentum going into that game, as we talked about last week, uh, we had so many recruits there, um, which I don't think the sky is falling based on what I've seen, um, on recruits, but it doesn't help, um, if, if you're 17 or 18, seeing a team collapse like that. Um, so that's, that's just really hard uh, to see. But 
Um, I agree with the guys. We did fight hard. It wasn't due to a lack of effort. Um, so that's a positive. And yeah, I, I think the biggest disappointment I've had with this team this year is just uh, how bad the defensive line uh, has played. At the beginning of the year, uh, everyone was kept saying, yeah, we're three deep uh, a defensive line of all the defensive line positions. Um, and um, that got tested on Saturday, especially with Keandre Coburn going out, I think in the second or third quarter, I was kind of in the stands like, okay, we're about to find out if we really do have depth at some of these positions. And, and we just all looked, we looked tired, you know, and if you have depth, you're in theory, you're supposed to be able to sub people in and not be tired. You know, you're supposed mm -hmm. to be fresh. That's, that's the point of depth. And we just, I mean, Caleb, Caleb Williams will probably get into this a little bit more, but he's an incredible athlete. You got to give him credit uh, for the plays that he made. Um, but at the same time, we just, OU's offensive line that's not very good had our way had their way against us and that's just really disappointing with our offensive line we all know that even going into the season it wasn't very good but like yeah they didn't play very well but we all know that they're not very good where we see the defensive line and we had a lot higher expectations so when you don't live up to those expectations it's just really infuriating I mean, I was talking to somebody about this today, but we've got to learn this lesson as Texas fans and not pay attention to those articles during preseason. We saw the same thing with Brecken Hager his senior year. The guy was supposed to be like a second round pick based on some of the hype that we were reading from him out of fall camp. And it turned out to be null and void. And the best I can tell is that hype is a byproduct of the offensive line being bad more so than the defensive line really showing out in fall camp. So it's, I don't know that we can say that they're, they're not playing up to their potential. It may just have been a byproduct of a bad offensive line that was still figuring out how to be cohesive and play as a team during the preseason. But um, you know, the, the Texas football uh, journalists really did not help us out with that one. Yeah, no, they didn't. Um, as Mac Brown said this past weekend, blame the media, right? Um, I don't know if y'all saw that quote, but yeah, he had some good lines uh, this past weekend. Um, nevertheless, um, despite how bad our lines played during the OU game, OU had to have like five to 10 things to go perfectly for them to come back and win. And literally all those things happened. Um, starting off with like the Caleb Williams run we if if it wasn't for his athletic ability on that fourth down and one like if it was Spencer Rattler we would have sacked him and we would have gotten the ball back up 28 to 7 um instead Caleb Williams gets the ball and runs for what 65 yards I forget how far the touchdown play was mm -hmm. and yes. then like I mean, yeah, like you brought up good points about holds against OU, but refs just generally just don't call it. Um, even Chris Fallard talked about that after watching the mm -hmm. the replay of the game. And, you know, they threw what? How many deep balls do they throw that just like they just beat our – yeah, they just like beat our, our secondary. 
um, just one-on-one battles. Um, and then, I mean, Xavier Worthy coming out of the end zone, that was just so dumb. Roshan Johnson coming out of the end zone wasn't smart either. Um, I mean, a lot of things had to go perfectly for OU to come back, and they did. So you just got to take it as it is. It sucks, but you just got to move on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that therapy session was uh, made me feel any better or not. I don't <laughs> I definitely think I feel worse, but uh... I, I have one thing that I want to add that that could end it on a positive note, Jake, and, and I'll right, be I'll be short it, here, yeah. but I, I want to acknowledge um, and shout out a, a couple of our friends, namely, I don't want to dox you on this podcast, but last name McBriar, you have an awesome mustache. I hadn't seen you in like four years, and you walked up to, to Jake and I and McBriar in the Fletcher's line and, and, you know, gave us big hugs, said what up and, and said that you've really been enjoying the podcast and our social media presence. So um, I heard from like four or five friends at the fair that, that they really appreciated what we've been doing and have been listening to every podcast and really enjoying it. So um, despite the loss in the experience, it was really cool one to catch up with a lot of friends, like at our giant Mexican dinner on, on Friday. Um, but also to hear from some people that we haven't seen in, in years at the fair and, and not only, you know, catch up, but also hear from them that they've been listening in and enjoying, enjoying the pod. So shout out mustached McBrayer. It was great to see you dude. And, uh, hope to see you at OSU next weekend. Nice. Nice. Perfect segue into our MFK mistake fire keep. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Um, so um, going off of a mistake, I, our, I think the biggest mistake that we had in the game, we didn't uh, – we allowed uh, Rattler to get rattled, uh, pun intended. Um, if Rattler stays in the game, I really think we win, and I think we win comfortably. Um, so I think it was a mistake on our end um, playing too well at the beginning. Um then fire. Um, I want to fire myself for believing that we can have nice things. Uh, yeah, I kind of talked about this earlier, but once we were up 38-20 at halftime, that's when I thought we were going to win the game. And then um, also I want to fire the city of Dallas department uh, that's in charge of the main entrance. It took me and my dad like 40 minutes to get to our seats it took my brother 50 minutes to get to hit or get to the same seats. And he missed like the first like 10 to 15 minutes of the game. So yeah, we need to step that up. Main entrance was a mess and yeah, just was not very efficient. Here's, and another, then la- here's just another word of advice. Don't go through the main gate, go through a different gate. We did it and it only took like five minutes. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's a tradition and traditions stay. That's my that's my advice. Um, some, of these, some of these lessons, though, like the Fletcher's line lesson, we we need to learn after after going to the fair for ten plus years. <laughs> but no, Jake, I I agree with you. I once I got up to the top of the steps, I like looked over at the other gates, and like people were walking in like super quickly. Um, so I should have just done that. And then lastly, um, I think we need to keep an eye on Whittington. Uh, Sark talked about him today in his press conference. Uh, it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit, which is uh, not good. He um, was our really our key third down receiver. 
Um, he was the go-to guy on that down. And um, we really don't have another receiver like him. Um, I'll be interested in, interested to see how Washington steps up. Um, I, I feel like he's going to kind of take over his role. But overall, um, I think it's a pretty big loss. And hopefully we can make it through the second half of the season um, without him. And if we have the opportunity to go to the Big 12 championship, I hope he's able to play because we'll need him uh, against OU. I thought the keep was supposed to be a positive, not another negative. It's been a hard week, Jake. <laughs> yeah, negative Andy is in the building. It was like a little play on language, you know, like keep an eye on, you know. So, yeah, Andy bend in the rules a little bit there. I'm not sure about that. Um, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I created I say, a bit. <laughs> um, for me, I would have to say my mistake was um, Sark kind of staying kind of too offensively minded in this game. Um, I think that time of possession was a big and had a big impact on the, the game, the game flow, especially in the second half. Um, OU ended up with something like 20 more plays on offense and like 10 or 12 more minutes of time of possession. And on a hot day and a long day where the first quarter lasted like an hour and 10 minutes, um, yeah, you know, that just adds up. So um, I think, I think that was just a big mistake is trying to, you know, not playing a little more ball control, you know, like Bijan rips off like a 30 yard run and we run up the line of scrimmage immediately. Whereas I think we still could have had offensive success without, running tempo 24 seven in that game. And I think that that somewhat sabotaged our defense. Um, I also think that the injuries on the defensive side were a little more significant than we thought, especially with rotating bodies in. So um, definitely just things that caught my eye. As far as my fire, you guys probably already know this one, but I'm going to have to fire spectacles ref. The dude is objectively the worst ref in the game. And I cannot wait to leave him in the dust when we go to the SEC. The SEC actually lets players play, but they call, you know, they call holding, you know, it, from what I've seen, it's a little more physical and like the secondary, they don't call as many defensive pass interferences and things of that nature. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, and finally, I want to keep uh, this Texas team's mentality um, I think that Sark has only generated positivity, you know, even during press conferences. Um, he believes in his players and trusts in his players. And you can definitely see that in the way that the players fight, especially when, you know, we were down 48-41, had no momentum, and then came out and, and scored a touchdown to tie it up. Um, so, I, you know, that, that shows resilience. And I, I, th I actually think, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the Oklahoma State game for that reason. Yeah. <clears throat> my my mistake is you know thinking we ever really wanted Caleb um OU definitely looked different when he came in I don't know if it was all him or you know that halftime speech by Lincoln or what but um I do think conspiracy Kev might have been on to something last week when uh he was saying that did the players did the line really want to play for Spencer was he a leader um I, I do think if, if Lincoln decides to start Spencer against TCU this week, there will be booing before the first play. So For sure. I doubt For he's sure. coming in. It's Caleb's team now. But uh, my fire uh, is going to be for the second time this season. I'm firing Coach Pete. Um, I'm going to reiterate the fact that we have allowed at least 35 points now through three of six games. 
uh, and Coach Pete never allowed more than 35 points points in 77 straight games at Washington. So uh, now that it's happened twice and uh, at exactly 35 a third time is, is absolutely unacceptable. Um, <clears throat> my keep is going to be similar to Blake's, my hopes up moving forward. Um, I do think that this team is different uh, and I'm really excited for Oklahoma State this week. Um, and I guess like a kind of a little bit of an overreaction would be uh, I, I I don't think we're going to be ranked lower than where we are right now at 25 for the rest of the season. I think we're going to steadily move up. Might drop a game somewhere, but I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, I think the Big 12 championship game and a win there is really on the table. Call me crazy. but uh, And then one other keep that I had, there were these – we were kind of all split up this year, not all in the same seats like we usually are. Uh, and there were there was these uh, four guys that, like, travel – um to one big game every year they're ohio state fans but they had these shirts made that like picked their favorite game that they go to every year uh and they were just like living it up they didn't care who won if texas or oklahoma won but they sat on our side and they were pulling for texas and they're having a good time and like they've been to florida georgia and uh alabama lsu you name it they've been to, like all these games they go to one a year and i thought it was a really cool idea they're all retired i was like you know i want to be that one, i want that to be me in 30 years 40 years I wish I would have met those guys in the stands. That sounded like a cool conversation that you had with them. And I think that they brought a lot of probably positivity to your section and excitement. That's, I think that's such an interesting idea. And I want to, I want to try to do that between us. I would love to go to like a Penn state wide out. Like I, I think you said, or, or, you know, a big sec matchup would be, would be really fun before we get into that conference. Yeah. It was cool. Cause they picked the game before the season starts and uh, they always sound like the home side. So. Just when we do that, we can't get a Southwest flight anywhere because we had multiple friends get screwed over by Southwest this weekend. Oh, I heard about that. That's crazy. Me me included. Missed a wedding because of Southwest. <laughs> oh, no. Not to get political, but because it's because of the vaccine mandate. Oh, yeah. No comment. No comment. They were just all sick on the same day. That's it. Yeah, sick <laughs> one day after the pilot's union sues the company. No, but Jake, to add to kind of what you were saying about the fans, um, you know, from an objective standpoint, that Saturday was one of the best college football Saturdays in a long time. And I hate that it came at Texas's expense because not only did we lose, but A&M won. Um, so a lot of th bad things happened for a Texas fan. But overall, it was a really, really awesome Saturday. Lots of really good games. Totally agree. We watched all of the Aggie game in, in the evening and we're really obviously, you know, rooting for Bama to pull that one out so that we could not feel like we went own two. But the way that they won that game was so admirable. Like, by the end of it, I wasn't even mad that A&M won. And I was like, reaching out to my A&M buddies, like, you know, good game, dude. Like, <laughs> that wasn't a fluky win by them either. Their quarterback coming back in the game after hyperextending his knee or whatever was just awesome. That was like a Tebow moment. Um, just typical shot. college quarterback getting, you know, getting questionable drugs or whatever they do to those players under the tent. I could not believe that guy come back, came back in the game and ended up enjoying watching, watching that one finish. I couldn't believe they stormed the field. Why? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? I thought that the, I thought that the Aggies kind of held themselves above that kind of behavior, but they probably had like 70,000 fans on the field. At, it's because at Aggies stadium. are small minded. 
Kevin. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm just, I'm just Dallas is sacred, right? Oh no, I was talking about the Aggie, the Aggie fans, the OU fans also stormed the field. Which, fortunately slash unfortunately, I was already out of the stadium before that happened. But Jake, did you wrap up your keep? We got we got sidetracked. Yes. Okay, so my mistake. I have I have three things here, and they're really all related to coaching. So lots of mistakes. There's more than one mistake in this game that we can talk about. The first one is special teams coaching. I think I'm pretty sure I already fired this special teams coach like two weeks ago. So. I need a direct line to CDC so that we can actually make some of these changes happen because I already fired that guy and he screwed up another game. Um, I thought it was a huge mistake to have freshman Xavier Worthy in the game catching kickoffs. Um, I know he was having a big game. I know he was bringing in energy and putting up big numbers already, but we can't live and die by freshmen in huge situations like that and for him to one make the mistake of coming out of the end zone sark said in his press conference today that if they're more than two yards deep in the end zone they're coached not to come out and x was backtracking probably caught that ball six to eight yards deep in the end zone still came out sark said he had the ball in the wrong hand which he he played off as a coaching moment which i agree and blake you're right he brings you know positivity in his in his post-game comments and Monday comments after losses, which is good to see. Um, but I thought that that was a big mistake to live and die too much by freshmen. Um, so really frustrated that that coach wasn't act- actually fired after I already fired him. The second uh, coaching issue that I have is, BMAD, you mentioned, and I just want to add to it, the fact that we, after big chunk plays, would run up to the line, especially in, in the red area, as Sark calls it, and we'd run a quick play uh, right after the chunk play, which did a few things. It didn't let our players rest. It didn't let our defensive players who were already winded on the bench get additional rest. And they weren't putting much thought into that next play. They were just trying to, you know, keep the momentum going. And they kept running up to the line and running Bijan to the near side into situations where we didn't have numbers advantages. And Bijan is a special guy, but he can't he can't run through situations where there's five defenders and three blockers. That's never going to work. So although that those, those drives looked good, I was really frustrated with those quick play calls and decisions there. So frustrated with Sark in that, in that capacity. And then lastly, Jake, you mentioned it. We didn't want Caleb. So saying that we wanted Caleb was, was a huge mistake. Um, I was watching him on the sideline and, you know, helping his players up after after they had been tackled and whatnot. And it was just so obvious that he had much better intangibles than Spencer Rattler. And he is a better leader than Spencer. Um, and he will continue to start for the remainder of the season because he really lifted them. And maybe his arm's not as good as Spencer, but he was throwing on the run like he was Aaron Rodgers. So. Yeah. Kevin, I, I don't know if y'all saw or heard about this, but um, apparently I, I listened to um, a talk radio station, and one of the guys was an uh, like one of the hosts is an OU grad, um, and he was talking about how after the game, there's always like a full team photo that is taken, and it's kind of just like tradition that they do it, and like OU sends them a, a photo at the end of the season with, and if they win the Big Twelve championship, they get two. Um, it's like a tradition they've always done. And Spencer walked off the field. Like he did not take 
the uh, the picture. And um, now he was being escorted by like a, a university guy, and it could have been because they rushed the field, and that creates a whole kind of new dynamic, right, with safety. But like, it didn't sound uh, didn't sound good. The the intangibles are just obvious, and you could say, you know, we tried not to be too hard on Spencer during during our pod last week but I think it just is chalked up to intangibles and honestly for him like I really feel for Spencer because you have put so much of yourself into the OU program through recruiting through you know hyping other recruits on Twitter to get them to go to OU with you you have signed a bunch of NIL deals you have free cars and you know in this day and age it's not just the starting position that's at stake that's a huge change in his life if he has to transfer I don't envy that. I kind of feel sorry for the guy. And, you know, he's got, he's, he, he has financial implications. Since he's no longer going to be the starter, he's going to lose a lot of potential and, you know, current NIL money. So I don't fault the guy for being angry. You should stay on the field with your team and, and take a photo. You're a D1, you know, you're a D1 football player. If anyone, you know, comes up to you as they rush the field, you should be able to defend yourself and feel comfortable in that situation. But there was just so much going on there. So I don't know if I would dog on Spencer too much, but yeah, we, we didn't want Caleb. Secondly here, I'm going to fire again, Jeff Banks. CDC, we need a direct line. I hope you're listening. You need to fire Jeff Banks. Um, I'll be firing somebody every week. It's nothing personal, but Jeff, for the second time this season, you're fired. You can't have a freshman catching kicks in the biggest game of the season. Lastly here, what I'm going to keep is game day experiences. Like I totally agree with you. Saturday was probably the best week of college football thus far this season. If you look at it from a neutral perspective, the stadium experience of this game was excellent. Um, a lot of times in blowouts, half of the half of the stadium will empty out, but because of the dynamics of the game, both sides were engaged, and it's really fun even when we're the disappointed side and the OU fans are yelling to just experience that 50-yard line division. And that stadium was loud and, and fun the whole game even though we really didn't like the developments in the second half, it was a great, a great experience. I'm also keeping uh, the game day experiences for us the remainder of the season. I'm really excited for uh, Evan's tailgate this weekend and, and going to Austin on Friday so that we can get up early and, and have a good time on Saturday morning. And I'm not selling my season tickets next year. Uh, we have a lot of big games then too. I'm really excited for the Bama, the Bama game, hoping we can have a, a similar W over them. Uh, similar to what AM did this weekend. So although we're really disappointed, those game day experiences are, are priceless and we're going to continue to have some really good games coming up. So I'm excited, excited about that. Hey, so uh, everyone's favorite question, say one nice thing, Kev. And I, this week, especially, I hate this segment because it's, it's so hard for me to find, you know, a positive thing to say. I know, no, obviously I'm high on, the game day experiences and looking forward to upcoming weeks and next season. But I, th I think that, I guess the flyover was cool. I mean, <laughs> usually they have, they have bigger planes flying over the stadium, like C one thirties and jets and whatnot. And they had kind of like dinky training jets from Corpus Christi or something. It was like national guard. It wasn't even air force, but wow. You know, I, I, I guess the flyover was cool. And then Cowboys won. We went to the Cowboys game on Sunday and, uh, went one and one for the weekend. So we had excellent tickets in the box and, and like the fifth row um, on the 20 yard line 
on the Cowboys side, which was just so fun. The, the Cowboys stadium was also really loud and, and the fans were excited for that one. So it was, it was awesome to watch that win too. Um, although, you know, my fantasy quarterback or my fantasy running back got hurt really early on in that game and lost me my fantasy game this weekend. The Cowboys win was cool too. For, for all of our National Guard and Coast Guard fans out there, uh, Kevin didn't mean it. He's a big supporter of our military, and uh, um, you have cool planes too. I've seen you, you have cool planes, but like, let's get like an SR seventy one, like going Mach one or Mach two over the stadium, like that. That would be sick. Yeah. Anyway, we, we can at least save that for another. They day. Ba- they basically flew two Cessnas over the stadium. Yeah, they, they weren't that cool. I'm gonna be honest. They, but, all right. But, but that's the whole point of this this segment is you're supposed to be positive. So I mean, anyway, I, I like planes. There was planes. Next. Cool. All right. I think I think that's enough for now. We're gonna we're gonna take a short break. We'll be back in just a minute. This week, football in the forty is brought to you by Humble Pie. Snag yourself a slice of the creamy goodness that is Humble Pie. This bitter and rich taste is guaranteed to make you want to call your mama and say she was right. As you soak in these difficult times in October, visit your local grocery store and get yourself a good humble pie. And we are back from our break. I just want to give out a special shout out to Vergie 24-7 Vet Care. Uh, my little dog uh, ate a rubber ball and it was late at night and we didn't know what to do. We took her to the vet and uh, she, let's just say they, they got the ball out of her system, which we are very thankful for at a very affordable price. So if anyone knows anyone at Vergie 24-7 Vet Care, uh, please reach out to the pod and we will send over something good to them. Okay, so we are going into our legendary Longhorn moment. I will not bring up a sappy um sappy little article this time for uh, Oklahoma State because they just don't deserve it. So we're going back to more of an actual moment in that series. Um, So as we all know, um, 2000 to 2009, uh, Texas was dominant in the series. It was uh, uh, Texas won every single game that decade. Um, But there were some really close games. and some come from behind games too. So 01, 03, 04, 05, and 07 were all games where Texas trailed um, by a significant amount and came back. There were also close games in 2002 and 2008. Um, so yeah, um, really close games, but uh, thankfully during that decade, they all went in the Longhorns' favor. Uh, from 2010 to 2019, the story flipped and Texas went three and seven. Uh, 2015 and 2017, both games were at Texas and quite difficult losses for different reasons. Um, after the 2017 game, I was with uh, Jake and some several other people, including my um, fiance at the time, now my wife. And uh, let's just say I might have not have spoken to anyone for the following hour after that game. So. Doesn't look good on my part, but that's just what that's what happened. Gotta be honest. Uh, so yeah, going into this decade, we are one to zero. Hopefully, we can continue the undefeated streak this weekend. I don't think we will play 
a full decade of games against Oklahoma State. I'm pretty confident about that. Uh, this could be the last one. Um, maybe next year. We'll see. But hopefully we can uh, keep the streak uh, going. So uh, I want to bring up the legendary moment, uh, which came in 2004. Uh, we were down 35-7 to late in the second quarter, and we scored a touchdown right before the half ended. I'm pretty sure it was a touchdown pass to Bo's case, if I remember correctly. Um, could be a little wrong on that. But at halftime, I um, was not so optimistic. Um, I was pulling my inner pessimistic Kev, and um, I turned to my dad and said, can we go home in, in, in the third quarter if we don't get off to a good start? And he just told me to be patient and see what happens. Well, we ended up winning, um, winning the game by outscoring Oklahoma State 42-0 to zero in the second half with the most memorable play coming on a Ramones Taylor reverse, um, which just got the crowd really into it. We tied up the game at that point, I think. Or um, we might have taken the lead. I can't remember, but it was in the third quarter. Um, and that was really kind of the, um, the biggest play of that second half. Um, and ultimately, some might look back at that moment and see that it was the day my optimism with the horns began. So if you think I'm optimistic about the horns, which I, I think I am, um, I I look back on that day kind of being the starting point. So that is this week's legendary Longhorn moment. And uh, speaking again about Oklahoma State, we will be going to talk about the, the upcoming game this weekend. And first off, I just got to ask everyone, are we excited, nervous, or apathetic? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I'm, I'm going to stick with this excitement. This is our biggest home game of the year. Uh, we've got a ranked v ranked matchup, and uh, the winner of this game is going to be the front runner to challenge OU for the Big 12, um, at least for now, and at least in the media's eyes. So I say this it's time to move on, Longhorn fans. The time for sulking has passed. Uh, I'm excited. Let's, let's show up for Oklahoma State and uh, let's move on. Yeah, Jake, I, I really resonate with that as well. Um, like I've mentioned a couple of times already, you know, I really, I'm really excited to see how this team bounces back because I'm very confident that we will. I think that Oklahoma State is a bet, better matchup, you know, albeit a, still a solid team. I think they're a better matchup for us. Um, and, you know, I still say what you will about the loss this week and how, you know, debilitating it was, but I still think we have a lot of strong momentum just in the program. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. And after after that devastating loss, I'm I'm feeling apathetic. Um, we literally know exactly how the rest of the season is going to play out. Uh, we're living in a simulation. Steve Steve Sarkeesian is a deep fake. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going to the game this weekend for tailgating and to try to put on a smile and to have, you know, Arch Manning sign my forehead. And, and that's about all. Uh, I can predict right now how the Big 12 is going to shake out if you guys really want to go there, but I might get kicked off this call. Um, but yeah, I think we're living in a Big 12 simulation. We know exactly what's going to happen the remainder of the regular season. And, and for that reason, I'm apathetic. What's going to happen? You got to tell us now. 
okay <laughs> if if you want to go there um the rest of the remember, just remember all the hate you got from our fans i mean i'm just being myself daddy daddy's gonna win the big 12 championship um we 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 either will lose a couple games and and not care about that first weekend weekend in december or we'll have a great rest of the season and and go to arlington and go to that game and have great tickets um but i i just don't see any scenario where oklahoma doesn't win the big 12 and similar to other takes that i've had i'm not rooting for that um but but that's what my brain is telling me um yeah we're we're living in a simulation there's a bug in the simulation and the same team keeps winning the big 12 championship. And I would love to hear a counter argument because we'll, we'll have that recorded and, and everyone will know that, you know, midway through October, Kevin, Kevin warned you about what was going to happen. If, if we're living in a simulation, are you in control of this simulation? No, we're not. And that's- how does one, how does one know that he or she is in a simulation if you they're watch, not in control of the simulation. You watch the Elon Musk simulation theory videos on YouTube. I can, uh, can't fight against that. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I have a kind of similar sentiment at the moment as Kev. I probably not as apathetic as him. Um, yesterday I, I was thinking, man, I was really apathetic. I just don't care at all about Texas football at the moment. Today definitely got better, and I know as the week goes on, I'll be pretty pumped as um, Friday gets here. Unfortunately, I, it looks like I'm not going to be able to go to the game this weekend. So any listeners out there needing tickets, they probably will be gone by this point. But, you know, take your shot, ask for two tickets, and I might be able to help you. Yeah, you know, I'm, guys. I'm sorry, guys, but if you're that low on Texas football, why are you sitting here doing a podcast and, like, all the research that goes into it and, like, you already know how the season's going to end, but you're going to the games, and that's just that's just BS. Hey, I didn't say I know how the season's going to end. And I mean, I'm – okay, Kev, this is not your moment. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh gosh. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's okay to be apathetic after losing a really emotional game. I don't think I'll, I'll be like this for the, that much longer, but like, it was like a really taxing emotional game as much as a sporting event can be, you know, it's not real life, but, um, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I definitely will be excited as the week goes on. But but for now, nothing says apathetic like offering to give away your tickets to the next game. <laughs> it's not because I – the reason I'm not going to the game is not because of the team's performance. I'll put it that way. I, I have to be in, in Houston on Friday night. So that's right. kind of more the main reason. All right. You know, Guys, I will, you know, I want to add to that real quick. Uh, I appreciate, you know, y'all's perspective, um, but I do think that the Big 12 is very wide open this year. And all of OU's games so far have been one possession where they play to the level of their competition, most likely. There's still trouble in paradise with the QB controversy. 
And, um, you know, there's a lot of still solid big 12 teams out there like Iowa state Baylor TCU that they have to get through. So I think that the big 12 could potentially get messy this year. And, um, you know, we still got everything in front of us. I agree. And with that, we're going to move on to the next segment. Uh, would you have gone to the school if they gave you a full ride? I'm, I'm going to say no. Um, because I, I never considered going out of state. And if I did, I definitely wouldn't go to OSU. However, I have been to a couple games there and Stillwater is a beautiful place. Um, and I, I have a few friends that are OSU alum that have been great hosts at those games. So um, I don't I don't dislike their fan base or their team, but that's definitely a no for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like why? Would someone from Texas or another state not, if you're not from Oklahoma, choose to pay out-of-state tuition to attend a second-rate school in the state of Oklahoma? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So Andy, I'm gonna say you're, no. getting, you're getting a full ride, though. Full it doesn't ride. matter. <laughs> oh yeah, that's stupid of me. Damn it. Uh, yeah, it's still it's still no. <laughs> yeah, I, I I my argument just went out the window. I'm sorry, audience. Um, I, so for me, you know, I hear Stillwater has absolutely nothing going on. And, and honestly, Oklahoma state and Texas tech are essentially the same school with just different colors. Um, that being said, you know, I have nothing against them. So why not? I'm down. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass They're They're ranked the 187th best university in the United States per us news and world report. Plus, I swore a long time ago I would never live in Oklahoma after seeing Kev live through that. That place sucks. So, yeah, no, I'm out. Um, but let's continue this discussion on previewing Oklahoma State. Uh, Y'all got any players you're watching? Uh, any analysis that you'd like to provide? Uh, anything else you want to discuss regarding this upcoming game? Yeah, I, I could take that first, Jake. Um, so I did reach out to a couple of my buddies just to see how they were feeling about the game. Um, they both went to Oklahoma State. And I was also able to watch just a little bit of Oklahoma State versus Baylor. Um, and obviously, I don't know how you know good Baylor is either. But they did struggle to put that game away against Baylor and kind of just eked it out. Um, and, and, and secondly, my friends really harped on the fact that they were unable to, to move the ball and, and score the ball, particularly in the second half. Um, so... I think that, you know, Texas can, can match up pretty well with Oklahoma State. We're not going to see a lot of kind of the counter runs and, and kind of, you know, trickery that we saw with OU, not, not the same level of skill position players that we saw against OU. Um, so I think Texas has a really good chance to win this game. Um, and I'm definitely expecting Spencer Sanders to make a couple of mistakes because that's basically what he's known for. You know, he's good for like a pick or two a game, a fumble a game. Um, so, you know, as long as we can control their rushing attack, I'm feeling pretty, pretty rosy about this matchup. And, you know, what I'm looking for is, is similar to the, some of the things that you're saying, Blake. So, um, for a start, who, I, who I'm looking at is Mike Gundy. Um, I have a ton of respect for Mike Gundy as a man and as a coach, and I find it incredibly entertaining to watch his press, press conferences, um, <clears throat> he's been in the job for 17 years, which I think makes him the uh, second most tenured coach in the Big 12 behind Gary Patterson, who, you know, we've talked about at length. But Mike Gundy has, has been at the OSU program for a really long time and had 
arguably, you know, the most success that he could have at Oklahoma State playing OU every single year and having the, you know, the recruiting challenges that they do at their school. Um, but I think that he is an amazing coach and is going to find ways to pick on our defense based on what we've showed on field in games like the Arkansas game and the Oklahoma game where we just cannot stop the run. So they may not have the skill position players, but, um, you know, definitely I'm expecting Mike Gundy to have his team prepared and play us very well in Austin this weekend. Um, and, you know, he's the first on my list of coaches that I'd want to grab a beer with or have as like a homeroom teacher in high school. I think that, you know, if we got dinner at Mike Gundy with Mike Gundy, he would win us over. And he, he just seems like an all around good dude. Um, looking at how they've played so far this season, I think I'll be watching their defensive line. They have like 14 sacks on the season and seem to be really disruptive. They have two players with, I think, almost three sacks. So uh, Casey's going to be on the run a lot, and we're going to need to, you know, find ways to address that challenge in a better way than we than we tried last week. Yeah, I think uh, I think we need to say this uh, for the public to hear, but I think Kevin, out of all of us, will be the most likely to to have a mullet in his fifties. So I think that's where the Mike Gundy, you know, appreciation comes from. It could be. It could be. He's he's dialed back his mullet, but I did watch his press conference today and it's still there. It's like a, a classy rendition of his of his mullet. Maybe he's gonna grow it out for the remainder of the season, but the guy just looks great. I don't know if he dyes his hair, but I think we would all love to have hair like Mike Gundy when we're at his age. You guys kind of look similar. I don't similar, know about Kevin. the mullet. I appreciate that. I think he's a good-looking dude. I, I also heard Ed really likes OAN. <laughs> what is what is that? It's too much. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Let's uh, let's get away from politics and political news stations. Um, but yeah, um, I I think it was really. Um, Interesting what Gundy had to say today in his press conference. He's specifically talked about not wanting to get in the shootout uh, with Texas. And just that kind of shows what, uh, how he's, he's changed um, as a coach. Um, Ten years ago, I don't think that would have been an issue with Gundy. But now he has gone away from being um, kind of run a gun, score as many points as possible to – um, try to keep it a more ball-controlled game, um, let the defense do their job, and um, get a win that way. So I think that will be something to um, pay attention this weekend. OSU is really going to want to run the ball. Um, they want to control the time. They do not want to give Texas um, a lot of time to make deep plays, um, and they're going to want to limit the plays Texas has this weekend. If they do that, they're going to have a chance. Um, if they um, are not able to do that, then Texas will win um, by a good amount, in my opinion. Uh, Jalen Warren, their running back, I think is their best skill guy. Um, he averages four and a half a carry, which is decent in college. Um, but uh, a key thing to see is he averages 23 carries a game. 
So he's going to be given the ball a lot. Um, and, you know, it will be really important for Texas to stop the run. If they're able to do that, as Blake was saying, Spencer Sanders is just, as he's shown over the last couple of years, he's not the quarterback that's going to be you play after play. He will make mistakes. Um, so I think Texas this weekend just really has to focus on stopping the run, which they didn't do against Oklahoma. But I do think we are better equipped to stop the run against Oklahoma State. Um, they don't have uh, a big name wide receiver, which is um, um, kind of atypical to the to the Oklahoma State offense. And yeah, so those are things to keep an eye on. And I I think this team is well disciplined, and we're going to have to be on our um, we we will have to play a good game to to beat Oklahoma State. Awesome. Y'all got anything else you want to preview for Oklahoma State? I just hope the mullet doesn't win. All right. Well, we're uh, one more quick break. We'll see you back after this short message for Gambling Corner. It's officially spooky season, Longhorns, and it's time to find that perfect Halloween costume for the big weekend. Visit SpookySeason.com to browse all your costume favorites. This year, SpookySeason.com has special deals on popular costumes such as Sad Charlie Strong and Little Einstein Baby Tom Herman. SpookySeason.com. That's S-P-O-O-K-Y-S-Z-N.com. And we're back. It is time for Gambling Corner. Uh, usually Bowen presents this segment, but uh, today I'll be taking over. Um, as always, we'll start by recapping last week's um, bets. And, uh, you know, absolute bloodshed. Don't need to sugarcoat it. Texas did not cover the three. Uh, the over hit by a mile, but no one had the over without the parlay. So that did nothing for us. Um, so... Where do we stand for the week? We lost $302.27 of Bowcoin. With the exception of the tiny side pot on Baylor, everything else lost. We got demolished. We're also officially in the red for the season for the first time. Uh, just by just shy of $7 in the hole, but we wiped out all of our hard-earned gains. Uh, myself and Andy are still up $11 on the season but Kevin is down $30 thanks to his stupid TCU bets. Um, any commentary on that? Or do you want to just move right into this week? I'm, I'm feeling so dejected. I'm at risk of throwing down way too many Bowcoin this week. All right. So <laughs> just, just, just so we know what we, we got here, we still got um, $993.18 to play with. You know, we started with a thousand dollars in Bowcoin. So uh, let's let's preview this week's bets. Uh, Blake, I know you listen, but uh, listen to our podcast. But just this this segment, you just jump in whenever you got a bet. Tell us the bet. We add it. You know, we see how we do. So I'll preview this week's uh, first. Um, Texas opened at uh, five point favorites. I looked right before this recording, and I'm seeing five and a half now per Caesars. So uh, some of us on the pod like others, not so much. What do y'all think about that five and a half point favorite? I, I love it. And I'm, I'm going to bet on Texas to win this game. I'm not going to parlay because we 
don't seem to have an affinity for hitting the parlays with the wins and the overs. But um, I'm I'm doubling down. I know I know that I'm the most in the red, so this is going to be a win story at the end of the season. So I'm putting uh, 300 Bowcoin down on Texas to cover. Wow. Putting the season at risk potentially, oh. but, but wait, it is not a parlay. I need to. I said what I said. 300 Bowcoin on Texas line. That's more than like your share of the of Bowcoin. <laughs> you're dipping into our Bowcoin. You're you're gonna love me after this weekend, though. The bet has been made. Um, yeah, I, I I feel pretty good about it too. So I'm not gonna give you too much crap. I'm also a pretty big gambler, so um, I like the bet. Uh, I do like the over though. So I I uh, I like the over a lot. Um, it's 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 sixty point five. 60.5. I, I don't really see how um, this isn't a higher scoring game. The weather's going to be perfect. There's not going to be any rain. Um, it's supposed to be like the 70s. So, you know, I, I like the over. I think I want 50 Bowcoin on the over, but I'm also going to do 50 on a parlay between Texas to cover and the uh, over. I like it. I like the confidence. So just just a little bit of a little bit more here. Um, Oklahoma State is three and two against the spread this season. Texas is four and two against the spread this season. Uh, we're also three and zero oh against the spread as as a home favorite so far. So um, not bad bets. We play well at home, and we play especially well at home after losses. So <laughs> this is a W. Um. Andy and Blake, y'all can jump in with those in a minute if you want, if you have anything else. I'm going to also open up the rest of the league, uh, rest of college football, if anyone's interested. I pegged a few on here. Um, interesting game days going back to Georgia, and uh, Kentucky at Georgia is uh, Georgia's 23.5-point favorites, two undefeateds there. Um, BYU at Baylor, minus six. TCU at Oklahoma minus 11 and a half for OU any of these jumping out or anything else y'all have seen or want to line on yeah um you know I I think that Kansas is straight donkey doo-doo so I'm uh for sure I for sure want to take Texas Tech I think Tech has a really good offense and Kansas is just horrible so um you know I I like Tech to cover that spread that 16 and a half point spread I think they went by at least 17 points. Um, I don't know how much, how much do I bet? How much do y'all usually bet? A billion. Technically we still are allowed to bet $593, but Bo is not. $1 million. No, I'll put 50 on it. Put 50. 50 on uh, tech to cover 16 and a half. Yes. Yep. I like the, I like the Oklahoma game. Um, my assumption is that Casey's or Caleb is going to start. And, and I think with Caleb under center, Oklahoma is the second best team in the country. Uh, the line there is OU by 11 and a half. And they're playing a TCU team that has had a, a pretty rough season so far at three and two and one and one in the big 12. So OU is going to cover that one at home. Um, and I'll put, I'll put 30 Bowcoin on that one. Don't want to don't want to bet the farm on one weekend, but I think I already have. Um, also, I really like uh, 
betting on the Aggies this weekend, playing Missouri, who are 0-2 in the SEC. The Aggies are favored by 8.5. Over under there is 60.5. And I'm going to stay only betting on lines uh, this week. So I'm going to put $20 on the Aggies to cover cover that game against Missouri. How many points was that? I don't have that one. It's an 8.5 line. Yeah, 20 bow coin on that one. I don't like either of your last two bets, but okay. I'm going to run the table. I'm telling you. <laughs> you're you're going to be a the, – the, the pit boss is going to kick you out of the casino after this week. I might I might have to sit out a couple weeks if the 300 bow coin on Texas doesn't work out. But I'm feeling confident, and I think all of us are. Andy, you got any bets or want to line on anything? Yeah. Um, man, but that – it sucks because if – if we do win by more than five, then Kevin's going to have such a big lead and we're not going to like. It's a competition. Too bad we didn't set rules on that. Also, yeah, we... you could say uh, Kevin was dumb. What if Texas loses? I need to roll 300 on, on the Aggies this weekend so that we can make it up. No, I don't like the A&M bet at all. Win by a and No, I don't like that bet at all either. We'll find out. Coming off, I was like, I was legit debating if I was going to take Missouri in the points on that one, but I'm not going. Same. They haven't Um, won a conference game yet. Yeah, why not? Throw 25 on Missouri uh, with the points. I don't think they're going to win. Dude, Mizzou is trash. So, so Andy, you're you're betting on Mizzou plus eight and a half, or you're betting on them for the money line? Uh, Eight and a half. I don't think they're going to win. Gotcha, gotcha in for 25 there. I just, I just, I don't know. If the, yeah, Mizzou is not great. I mean, they got killed by Tennessee. Um, but I just want to do it because I just don't, I don't like AM winning by a lot. So, and it's at Mizzou. So, and I just want to do it in spite of, of Kev. Um, Jake, I, I, I definitely agree with you on the, on the, um, over or under, I, I like tech, I like the over in this game with uh, Texas and Oklahoma State. Um, I will go with 50 bow coin on that one. Um, I will, um, yeah, so I, I like that a lot. Uh, throw in 25 bow coin for Ole Miss um, and the points. I think they will cover. Um, Whoa, wait, what's the point? What's the points on that? Uh, three. Gotcha. Uh, and then going back to Blake's. Uh, don't wanna, yeah. Yeah. I just can't see Kansas keeping it within 17. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, 25 bill coin on tech uh, to cover. Wow. All right. The double whammy. On Texas Tech, we got a lot riding on Texas. Tech is crappy by less than seventeen. I mean, what? by less than seventeen, right? No, I think they're going to win by more than seventeen. So, so you're taking Tech to cover? Okay. Yeah, as I said. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Hang on, hang no on. Words. So, nobody wants to hedge my three hundred dollar line bet on Texas and bet against us just in case I got it wrong. No, no, because you you are like manipulating the game. I don't like what you did. I'm going to be number one. Plus, none of us believe that's going to happen, so we're just going to screw ourselves <laughs> over. Um, I, I'm going to make one more bet. Uh, 
call me crazy, but I, I think Clemson is going to cover the 14 points at Syracuse this week. I think Syracuse is bad. Clemson is probably also bad, but they're getting better, maybe. I don't know. But I'm going to take Clemson for a nice 30 bow coin to cover the 14. Um, I think that's probably enough for now, though, unless uh, – Blake, do you have one more or are you good? Um, you know, I'm debating whether or not I want to take Rutgers money line, um, versus Northwestern Northwestern has been trending down. I think Rutgers has improved this year. Um, you know, what? let's just do it. Let's throw 25 on it. Rutgers money line. I like that bet a lot, actually. Uh, yikes. Rutgers is 0 and 3 in the big 10. Yeah, but they, they don't look, they, they're different. They're, they're built it's different. It's not your, it's not your college days, Rutgers. Northwestern just got demolished too. New look Rutgers, okay. By Nebraska, right? Yep, fifty six seven. Yeah, okay. Well, I got you in. I, I will uh, figuratively put all of these bets in, as Bo always says. We have six hundred and six hundred and thirty dollars on the line this week. Um, let's hope we don't lose them all, and let's hope Texas covers. Uh, with that, we will uh, we will move on to our Skip Bayless take of the week. The more stupid the take, the better. Blake, what you got? All right. All right, hear me out, y'all. There's only so much you can do with meat on a stick surrounded by dough. All right. I had an off-brand corny dog at the state fair because I couldn't wait in line for the Fletcher's one. And I just got to say, I think Fletcher's is overrated. And I'm just going to open up the floor from there. Uh, Yikes. How can you say that after not comparing it to a Fletcher's corn dog? You know, I've had it in years past and it's good. I'll give you that. It's good. But, you know, I just think it's overrated. It's just one of those things that everyone hypes up and talks about. And then, you know, it's just it's just overhyped. I'm going to be honest. It's overhyped. How much was a Fletcher's? What was that noise? <laughs> My talk. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> how much was a Fletcher's corny dog this year? Do y'all remember? I mean, coupons. It was seven. That's not bad. That's a good wholesome That's not meal. Terrible. Under ten dollars. <laughs> a meal. Can you imagine going to pay seven dollars for a corny dog like outside of the fair though? Well, it, it's not just a corny dog. It's a Fletcher's corny dog. Yeah, that is true. That's I'd pay seven dollars for that. Meh, maybe. So my skip Bayless take of the week is that Steve Sarkeesian is a deep fake. Uh, before I get into this, I'm going to define that term. And uh, for those of you that watch 60 Minutes, like myself, there was a special on deep fakes, and according to Wikipedia, a very trusted source. Deepfakes are synthetic media in which a person is an in an existing image or video is replaced with someone else's likeness. For example, Jake might record a video of him singing and then make a deepfake of Tom Cruise, um, superimpose Tom Cruise's face and facial expressions on himself and make a deepfake video of Tom Cruise. The reason that I say this is Sark's responses in press conferences and Monday conferences 
press conferences after losses. They're just a little bit too perfect. Tom Herman would bring a lot of thought um, and that Mensa vibe to a lot of his responses. And Sark just gives us the default coach speak every single time. And we, we appreciate it because it's predictable and it's usually positive, but I think that it's fake. I think it, I think Sark is a computer simulated AI model of what a head coach should say and what decisions he should make. And I'm, I'm questioning if he's even real. I'm questioning a lot this week. Sark's a deep fake. But who is he then? Who are we seeing? I, I think it might be Tom. <laughs> Kevin, I will say um, he's incredibly unemotional as a person, it seems like, or he comes off that way. So, like, I could totally see, you know, the, the robotic nature of him. Um, yes. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, like, lean, lean towards you with, with this for sure. You know, he could be a computer-constructed model of what the ideal Texas head coach could look like. You know, there's a lot of advancement in robotics lately. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot going on that, that makes this theory very plausible. And, like, the thing about the theory is you have to disprove it for it to be invalid. I don't think you can disprove or any of us can disprove this theory that Sark is a deep fake. He is the Mark Zuckerberg of college football. Mark oftentimes gets compared to like an alien and people wonder if he's even human when he goes in front of Congress and answers questions because he doesn't make any facial expressions. I, I, Sark is a deep fake. You heard it here first. He is the Mark Zuckerberg of college football head coaches. I think you're confusing theory and conspiracies, right? Because don't you like, don't you have to prove that your theory has valid validity to it for it to get any that, traction? That's the beauty of a con conspiracy theory. Oh, so this is conspiracy. Okay. Mm. okay. Um, sorry, everyone, for Kev's random take, but. <laughs> We'll, 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 we'll do better next week. Um, no, Kev, that was the, actually pretty, that was pretty segment, interesting. The segment says the more stupid take, the better. Am I misreading that? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just, I'm just messing, messing with you. Um, but um, my, my take is we're going to beat Bama next year. Um, Jimbo just destroyed the Saban assistant curse streak. So, you know, Sark has full capability now to beat Saban. So, yeah, Texas by 40 over Bama. All Looking right, forward to that. Go. Yeah, that, that will be a fun day in Austin. All right, last thing we got to do today is uh, make our predictions for the Texas-Oklahoma State game, which will be big noon kickoff, 11 a.m. on Fox. Who you got, Blake? Yeah, you know, I think our um... – our defense shows up a little more in this game. Um, I think we're going to have some more success uh, running the ball last week. So I, I really think, let's see, score-wise, I think we'll score like either, let's say, 41, Oklahoma State. I don't think they're going to have as much success against our defense. I'll, I'll go 41-27, Texas. I like it. Obviously, I, I picked Texas big this week in, in the betting, and I think that they're going to bounce back nicely. Um, if you look at how we have bounced back in the past, especially in losses where we've given up a lot of yards rushing after the Arkansas game, we came back to DKR in Austin and beat Rice 58-0. to zero. So I know that uh, Oklahoma State's athletes are better, the team's better than Rice, but I think that 
uh, Coach PK on the defensive side of the ball cleans up some things and we have a much better defensive performance on Saturday. And I think that it will be maybe not a blowout, but a more slanted victory. So I'm picking uh, Texas 35 to 17. Nice. Uh, I'm going to say Texas offense still can't be stopped. Defense has problems, as we know, that we'll see some more of that. But uh, I think we start to figure it out. I'm going 45 to 35, Texas. I like how our defense figuring out still means giving up 35 points. Yeah, well. But I, I mean, That's I don't. I, for you. Yeah, I don't disagree with, like, the point total. Um, or, like, what, you're, what you said is just – it's just funny. That's like the reality that we live in. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think um, I I don't think we're going to score as many points uh, just based on what Oklahoma State is going to try to do um, and trying to limit possessions uh, during this game. I I do think Texas will um, will win this game. They'll win this game. Um, by a score of 37 to 27. And um, yeah, it'll be a good win going into the bye week. Yeah, I think Texas uh, bounces back. We'll win 38-24. And I'm, I really think Bowen's going to be mad at us with how much bow coin we threw down this week. But I'm wondering, Jake, with you being in, a, you know, in government to some capacity, if we could potentially look at expanding the debt ceiling if, if this week goes bad. <laughs> Well, Bowcoin is fake money to begin with, kind of like all of our federal money is. So, you know, we'll, we'll take that up with uh, Treasury Secretary Kai next week. He's going to be so mad. <laughs> hey, that, that's the end of our show. But I, I just want to say uh, thank you to Blake Madden. Blake, you've, you've been such a valuable addition to this show today. And uh, I think you did Bow Proud. Yeah, it's been great having you, Blake. Yeah, yeah don't be a stranger so. to the pod. I really appreciate y'all, you know, having me on and stepping in for Bowen. Those are some big shoes to fill. Um, if y'all have any more ridiculous takes, I might have to call in and, and give y'all some some of my uh, some thoughts on the issues. But, um, yeah, it, it was really great to be on. Uh, I appreciate being on the Football on the 40 podcast. And, you know, big things to come for this podcast for sure. Let's go. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you all for sticking with us another week, especially with our kind of negative two thirds of this podcast, but uh, hopefully we come back next week with some, some optimism. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see y'all out this weekend and uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of football on the 40. Thanks for listening. Yeah.